spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy almost Thanksgiving. All right, last show of the week, everybody. I'm Gatos in for uh, Chad Benson, the wise man, Steve Zinsmeister. Let's get this over with. Uh, (laughs) What is that about? We're all just trying to get to the turkey. What are you talking about? (laughs) Let's get this over with. The people expect a show today, Steve. You want to just rip off the Band-Aid? Well, that was we, just- goodness. We can do the show. I'm we're, just saying we're all trying to get to the turkey. Yeah. Becky Lynn, how are you today? I'm good, I think. Man, I don't know you. now. My, my, my partner wants to get in and he wants to get out. Boom. How long Jeez. is this show? It's four hours, right. wise man. It's four hours. I'll give you that much. It's going to go fast. All right. Uh, you know, let's, uh, let's get into some stuff here. Later in the show, I'll have my... My Thanksgiving story, how Gatos ruined Thanksgiving. I know, I know. We'll talk about it in uh, just a little bit. Uh, But first, so this is interesting. Governor Ducey welcomes Governor-elect Hobbs today at the governor's office. Well, this is how adults should act. Good for Governor Ducey for for being an, an adult. I know some people in his party don't want to be adults. They want to sue. They want to say, I'm still fighting for you. And they all lost the election. But, you know, Governor Ducey today, I got to give the guy credit. And it's not like, listen, you know, he invited Governor-elect uh, Hobbs uh, to, to you know, come by the office, chat. They're going to go through the, the, you know, the power and this is what you do here and all that. This is what should happen, wise man. This is what should happen. This is how adults handle things. You don't lose an election and then decide, you know what, I'm still going to fight. And I'm still going to ask people for money, like Carrie Lake is asking people for 500 a pop. And it's like, I'm watching this stuff and I'm like, you know, for, for all the times that I disagreed with Governor Ducey on, you know, uh, teacher's pay and uh, how he handled COVID, you know, all in all, he has not been a terrible governor. He's done a lot of things right. Uh, but my job here is to call him on the good stuff and the bad stuff, and that's what I did over the eight years. But, you know, him welcoming Governor-elect Hobbs, they're from two different parties. This is what adults do, man. Yeah, and for those of you keeping score at home, Governor Ducey, it's not like he waited two weeks, like he was fighting this tooth and nail, and then now, just today, he's congratulating Hobbs. He actually, uh, she revealed that he called her the day after the race was called. So they had already kind of built that bond there, and then today was more of an official, like, hey, come on down to my office. He tweeted a bunch of pictures of them shaking hands and sitting there in the office. The the picture is interesting too because, you know, it's on social media. If you're on social media, you can check it out. But it's it's like uh, uh, Ducey saying, listen, I I can be in a picture with a Democrat. I know what the governor's done before. You know, remember we talked about the clip of of Doug Ducey saying, you know, um, uh, 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 Wendy Rogers is is still better than a Democrat. That was one of the lowlights for, I think, Doug Ducey's eight years um, because I don't believe that a white nationalist is better than a Democrat, okay? But, you know, Ducey's taking a picture with her. Uh, excuse me, uh, with uh, with uh, 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 Governor-elect today. He's not hiding from that. He's not one of these guys who's saying, I can't be in a picture with you because you're in the other party. No, this is how the transfer of power happens. And, you know, it's almost like we have to go out of our way now to congratulate people who do that. But I'm okay with that because, you know... Blake Masters decided, you know what, I'm going to be a man, and I'm going to call Mark Kelly and, and say, listen, congratulations. And that's what he did. He did that quickly, by the way. Yeah. We had, you know, we, we, Blake is never going to uh, call anybody. 
she's going to try and just keep raising money, and she could go do whatever she wants. She's not even in play anymore. But I, 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 it's weird that you have to almost start a show by saying, you know what? We have a Republican governor, and uh, you know who's going to take over for him? A Democrat. And uh, 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 what does he do? He invites her into the office, and they have a discussion. Finally, we've got some adults here. And I think you have to actually, in this day and age, Steve, you've got to point it out that 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 that, that actually happened. It used to happen all the time. And if anybody was waiting for Governor Ducey to make some sort of official statement on how he feels about he Lake did. and Hamaday and all that, while he hasn't specifically called them out well, and said, you got nothing going for you in these lawsuits, should. He should. this is kind of his symbolic way of supporting Hobbs. And also, too, this, this nugget was within his Twitter thread that he posted today. He said, all of us have waited patiently for the democratic process to play out. The people of Arizona have spoken. Their votes have been counted, and we respect their decision. There you go. That is his definitive way of saying all of you Republicans who are fighting these election results don't carry any weight. Right. Uh, Katie Hobbs was on KTAR today with Barry Markson. The governor reached out uh, the the day after the race was called uh, and we were able to declare victory. And uh, he's been incredibly gracious and just continues to reiterate that his office is at our disposal in in every way possible to make this a seamless transition. Uh, And then we just met. Uh, in his office a little bit ago, uh, and um, you—if you go to Twitter, you'll find—you'll uh, find his um, his statement about that. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to a smooth transition, and um, and that has already begun with his office. Smooth transition—that is what it's about. You let the people vote, and then you accept the results, and you don't cry foul because there's no foul, and you don't whine and cry. And run to your lawyer because there's no reason to. You just do what Ducey did. Hey, congratulations. Hey, stop by the office. Let's have a let's have a chat. You're gonna be the next governor. Let's take some pictures. Let's show everybody what this looks like. Let's not do what Donald Trump did. Let's not do what Kerry Lake did. Uh, so you have to point that out in this day and age. Doug Ducey, what did he do? He was he was an adult about it. Good for him. That's good. There was a good article in the Arizona Republic today kind of juxtaposing the two campaigns, the Lake campaign and the Hobbs campaign. Mm -hmm. And you can make cases for either one being better than the other. That's fine. But obviously, Hobbs ends up winning. And what they highlighted was while Lake was out screaming, yelling, being more brash than Hobbs, certainly Hobbs was behind the scenes meeting with who? With members of the McCain family, two of them that were mentioned in the article. Uh, business leaders who are Republicans, mm-hmm. Ducey allies. She was behind the scenes very quietly while she wasn't out there and, and, and meeting with as many people as we thought maybe she should have publicly behind the scenes. She was already laying the groundwork for bipartisanship. And now you can clearly see that that's paying off. Yeah, because, you know, and I'm one of them that said, where is Katie Hobbs? You know, I kind of said exactly what Lake said. She hiding in the basement because, you know, Hiding in the basement, well, work for Biden will work for Hobbs, and it actually did. She wasn't hiding in the basement, but we didn't know that. And, you know, if the results had been different and Lake had won, maybe we continue to say that. I mean, it's all based on results. But at the same time, Hobbs clearly thought it was more important to lay the groundwork of, I can work with anybody. Because I know for a fact Carrie Lake would not have been the same. You know what's interesting? A lot of people, when they watched Carrie Lake, they said, it looks like she's already got the job. And boy, that's not the case. You know what? You could make the case that it looked like we didn't see it. But behind the scenes, it was like Katie Hobbs was acting like she had the job. 
in the people she was speaking with, um, in, in, in the people that she was meeting with, uh, different parties meeting with a lot of Republicans. She was acting like she had already won. And all of us thought, well, it looked like Lake was acting like she already won. And it wasn't the case. It was, it was, you know, you can go back and say, you know, Katie Hobbs, her campaign, it was weird. It was, you know, it was less is more. Doesn't matter. It worked. There were a lot of Republicans on Katie Hobbs' transition team. The people she was uh, bringing around with her to events like Mesa uh, Republican Mayor John Giles, who's also on the transition team. So she got in with a lot of Republicans. Carrie Lake, I didn't see one Democrat supporting her. Well, again, she wanted to put on the big show. And that's okay. But let's just remember, Arizonans... Look at this, and they look at the big show. Remember Trump in town with all the rallies during COVID. Uh, you had uh, Carrie Lake out there, big rallies, lots of people. It's a small portion of the electorate. It, it obviously is. And, the, you know, the, it's like the eye test. The eye test tells you, well, more people like Lake. And then you, you look at a, a, a Katie Hobbs event, there are like seven people there. And it was boring. And you're like, well, how did she win? Well, she won because she ran against an election denier. And if you're an election denier in Arizona, you lose. Coming up next, uh, why did the uh, Cardinals football coach uh, get fired right before Monday Night Football? So we talked about this a little bit yesterday. It was weird. Who gets fired on a, on a game day, right? Especially right before Monday Night Football, and you're in Mexico. What happened? Well, now we know what happened. It ain't good. We're going to talk about it. Gatos and Chad Show. Wise Man is in. Arizona's news station. KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show. Afternoons. And this portion of the program is brought to you by Parker & Sons Plumbing and Electrical, the two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. All right, uh, coming up, Coming up. apparently, uh, there uh, there is going to be, I don't know how to say this, a revote in Arizona? No. Well, there's not. But no, there won't. There's some people who would like <laughs> to see it, and they're going to hold an event on Friday. A rally of sorts? A rally. So we'll talk about that. Oh, they're boy. also asking people to bring their guns. Oh, that's fun. That makes every rally better. Yeah, it makes every rally better. Okay. Uh, so we'll get to that in a little bit. So the Cardinals have a, a coach, and his name is the Sean. Is it Kugler? Sean Kugler. Sean Kugler. He got fired. He did. Okay, so we talked about it yesterday. Uh, the Cardinals were in Mexico. Uh, I think the Cardinals should have fired a whole lot more people, including Kick, Cliff Kingsbury. But again, that's just me. For football reasons. For football reasons. This guy didn't get fired for football reasons. So think about it. You're in a different country, and there's an incident, because that's what they called it. They called it an incident. And the Cardinals found out about the incident. And they said, okay, this incident is leading us to fire you. And they did that. Uh, they fired uh, this guy right before Monday Night Football. And so we were all wondering, like, oh, crap, what did this guy do? Well, apparently he groped a woman. Is it a woman or women? Uh, I believe it was a woman. A woman. Okay. So I'm kind of wondering, like, where did this happen? Was it at a bar? Uh, you know, you're in a different country. And my goodness, you're in Mexico. Boy, you want to do that? And you shouldn't do that in the United States. You shouldn't do it in Mexico. But my goodness, the last place you want to be is like a Mexican prison. So they sent him home. They sent him home. I don't know this go- this coach. I don't know really what happened. But this is a weird one, man. You, I mean, you put your hands on on another woman in another country when you are on the job, uh, and you have a, you have a job to do in the National Football League. 
and you want to you want to you want to grope a woman? That's disgusting. You deserve to get fired. I'd fire you on the spot too. If someone on this show uh, decided that they were going to grope a woman, guess what? They'd be fired. It'd be over. Uh, so at least, you know, here the Cardinals reacted. A lot of times they don't do this. Remember Steve Kime got a DUI. They gave him a five-year deal. Not real fair. So they're not all that, in, they're not all that consistent, wise man. No, listen, I think you laid it out pretty well. First and foremost, this goes beyond just football. This is life, and this is unacceptable. Yeah. And you can't do something like this. So you're totally right about that. I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad they fired him. Uh, at the same time, I know a lot of people in this building who know this man, mm-hmm. who are friends with this man, who have known him for a long time, or their family has. So it's a very difficult thing to go through in life in general. This is the right choice. The Cardinals made the right choice to fire him even though they were in Mexico. There's a lot of weird aspects to this story. The fact that they're, uh, you know, not within the Amer- uh, the United States, like to send a guy back home after this happens, because it, within the ESPN article that reported on this today, Josh Weinfuss is the reporter. He mentions that Mexican authorities were notified of the incident, which happened Sunday night, the night before the game. Okay. And then the Cardinals were informed. Then they terminated him. Then they sent him back on a flight on Monday morning. The order of operations is interesting to me only in that Mexican authorities knew about this, yet he was still allowed to go home. I I find that at least a little bit intriguing, and I've got some questions on that that we may never get answered. Um, But yeah, from from a human perspective, the Cardinals absolutely made the right decision here. So wasn't it earlier this year that the the Cardinals had to fire somebody else? Yeah, back in May, they fired their former running backs coach, James Saxon. He turned himself into Indiana police after he assaulted a woman in their Indianapolis home. Okay, but after after he assaulted the woman, the Cardinals let him stay on the team. Yeah, they knew about the incident. Well, then why didn't they fire him like they fired this guy? They put him on administrative leave. After the event became public, the Cardinals are not consistent when it comes to, you know, troubles with the law. So so this running backs coach, he puts his hands on a woman. They fire him immediately in Mexico. You got the running backs coach, James Sexton, Saxon, Saxon, and he's charged with domestic battery. But you know what? The Cardinals know about it. Hey, you can still keep your job. Then it becomes public. Now we're firing you. By the, no, they never fired Saxon. He resigned. Well, that's even worse. They put him on administrative that's leave. That's even worse. And then he resigned. That's even worse. Yeah. Steve Kime, what does he do? He gets a DUI. What was his punishment? Did he even have one? I know he's got a five-year deal. Yeah, I think he had a suspension for a couple of games. Cardinals are weird right. when it comes to this stuff. So why fire this guy immediately, but you let these other two guys kind of, eh, is it because the this the guy who was fired in Mexico not as important to the team, not as big a coach, obviously not the GM? They're just not consistent. You got to be consistent here. You put your hands on a woman, you get fired. I was also pretty disappointed yesterday in the Cardinals when this story kind of started to trickle out. Because remember, yesterday we found out they fired him, but we didn't know why yet. Right, right. And they had a press conference yesterday. Uh, where the coach was asked, are you making any uh, coaching changes? And he said no. Mm. And then about minutes later, after the press conference was over, this story came out. Yeah. And so I'm a little disappointed that they weren't able to sit up there and actually take questions on this. And Because I think they did the right thing here. This organization's a mess. It's a mess from inside. It's a mess on the sidelines. It's a mess on the football field. It is a disaster. Too much drama. Way too much, yeah. 
Way too much drama. The stuff that uh, went on with Kyler Murray, with you know, hey, I'm gonna my my agent is gonna tweet all capital letters, and he's gonna demand that you pay him all this two hundred thirty million dollars. And then what does Kyler Murray do? He sits out the last two games because he's got a sore hammy. Hey, they're a mess. By the way, I sold my tickets. It's fantastic. Like going forward, sold my tickets permanently. No, just to the Chargers game. Oh, okay. Finally, finally. I'm surprised anybody bought them. I begged them. <laughs> Coming up next. Hey, is this the busiest holiday travel season in over three years? The answer is yes. We'll get down to that. It's down to some business. Uh, Gatos and uh, Chad, the wise man, is it? Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show. Mark your calendars for December 10th. That is when Mike Broomhead and KTAR are hosting Red and Blue at the Zoo, Police and Fire Appreciation Day. That's the first 1,000 police and fire first responders to present identification will receive free admission for themselves and three guests at Wildlife World Zoo Aquarium and Safari Park in the West Valley. You're going to want to head to the contest page at KTAR.com for all the details. It's the one event that I make sure I attend every year. Is that so? Yeah, I've been to every one. All right, good. Good. Yeah, go and check it out. I might go, too. All right. So here's the deal. We get the busiest holiday travel season in over three years. Is that is that is that what's happening? Uh, joining us now is Derek Dennis, our buddy from ABC News, working this story. Is this the deal? Is it the biggest in three years since COVID started? It, it is rivaling pre-pandemic levels. And by the time all is said and done, by the end of this busy travel week on Sunday and Monday, uh, we could very well be right at pre-pandemic levels in terms of uh, travel by car or on the airlines as well. Uh, it's estimated 49 million Americans are driving this Thanksgiving to where they need to go throughout the week. Uh, Five million are going to the sky. So uh, pick your potion. Either way, there's going to be a lot of company with you, uh, whether you're, you know, flying the friendly skies or if you're taking to the roads. Either way, it's going to be packed uh, no matter where you go and no matter how you get there. Derek, are the airlines prepared for this? Do they have enough staff for five million people to be traveling domestically? Interesting you should bring that up because, as you know, over the summer, the airlines uh, were really suffering and struggling with uh, staffing shortages and severe weather that caused uh, all kinds of cancellations and delays. ABC News went into sort of the brain center of United Airlines and talked to one of their executives who basically said, we've learned our lesson. Uh, We've got the right staffing levels to handle the volume that's expected for this holiday week. Uh, We're going to do far better than we did over the summer. And the other line, airlines are saying the same thing. They have figured out what the problems were over the summer. Uh, they say they've ironed them out. And so far, so good. We haven't heard of any major cancellations or delays uh, right through this afternoon, the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, busiest holiday travel season in, in over three years. Derek Dennis is joining us, ABC News correspondent. What were those problems over the summer? And and and. They've said that now it's corrected, but but bring us back to what the what the earlier issues were with the airlines. Well, it was sort of a perfect storm of issues. You you had severe weather in spots across the country that were hampering uh, hubs, uh, you know, uh, major uh, airline hubs, uh, whether it's LAX or Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson or Chicago O'Hare. That was one problem. And then you had staffing shortages, pilots who, uh, you know, were either 
going to other airlines for better pay and leaving uh, smaller airlines uh, with holes in their schedule, or, or there was just scheduling issues in general, not being able to put pilots and crews uh, in the right cities and with the right uh, routes uh, to make sure there were no uh, lags or no uh, gaps in the schedule. Uh, the airlines had to learn a tough lesson. Uh, they tell ABC News that they've done that. They've ironed out the kinks, and this year they're promising uh, it'll be smooth sailing. And so far, it is. So, Derek, I read today that the big travel day, or at least flying-wise, is Tuesday. So yesterday, right. right? So that's already come and gone. Like you mentioned, we haven't heard of major issues with the airlines or anything like that. But what's the big return day? Is it still Sunday so that people can get back for work on Monday? Or is that slowly creeping up towards Saturday, do you think? Well, it is still Sunday, although, yeah, people have figured out that everybody else is trying to get where they're going on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And so you're finding that Saturday is uh, a busy travel day as well. Not as busy as Sunday. Sunday is still top, but Saturday you're going to see a lot of people crowding into airports as well, uh, trying to get ahead of the return rush. Derek Dennis, ABC News. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Same to you. All right. Uh, so if you want to talk about locally, we got uh, 950,000 Arizonans hitting the roadways for Thanksgiving-related travel. So like a million yeah, people. Yeah, that's what AAA is Ooh. saying. Yeah. So here's the other, like, you want to be safe on the roads and all that stuff. By the way, we're going to have all the traffic for you today throughout the show. Uh, it's it, bad. You're, well, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Wise man, you're younger than me, but I, I remember that wasn't Wednesday the big bar night. Before Thanksgiving, you go to the bar on Wednesday. Was that it, Pablo? Am I right? That's a thing you p- people do. Are you being facetious with me? Or are you playing dumb? What are you doing? No, I mean, like, is that a Thanksgiving That's, tradition? Yeah, I honestly don't know. As a member of Generation X, yes, yes. we used to do that. Okay, okay. does yeah. that not happen? Now? I don't know. Okay. I guess apparently not. Well, I was I saying, a wise man's younger than me. I figured. You want to restart it? What are you doing after work tonight? Yeah, but, we uh, could all hit the bar. The, Becky Lynn. <laughs> I hope you're all going to whoever's house is having Thanksgiving and helping them. Oh. Mm. I'm just saying. That wasn't on my schedule. No. Yeah, mm, they no. sure would appreciate it, now, let me tell you. It's funny because we have 23 people coming to Thanksgiving uh, dinner at our house. It grew from 15 to 23 in one day. I don't know what happened. Dude, you're going to be doing dishes for days. I know. So today, I brought all the tables and chairs in. Because you make a good point, Becky Lynn. How are you helping? Because I know very well my wife is going to cook all the food. So she's going to be up early on Thursday. She's put the bird in. And she's starting today. She is starting today. She's got tablecloths out. So the least that I could do today, I drag all the tables, all the chairs, and you know we set, we set that up because we got 23 people coming. But it's also interesting you bring that up, Becky Lynn, because coming up next, are the men... Like, you're listening out there. The men in your family know where to be found when it's time to clean up after Thanksgiving dinner. We're going to talk about this and shame those people next. <laughs> Arizona's news station. KTAR News 92.3 FM. A mashup of news, information, and entertainment. The Gatos and Chad Show, 2 till 6. All right, so coming up, we're going to talk about the border at 3 o'clock. Uh... Is cinema the key to fixing the border? We're going to discuss that. Uh, I was reading uh, an interesting article in the uh, New York Times, fake news. Here's the uh, here's the headline. Uh, how can I get the men to pitch in at our Thanksgiving table? So, wise man, Becky Lynn, you'll like this. This is the this is the note that Rachel writes the New York Times. She says, on Thanksgiving Day, my family. Um, 
when we have Thanksgiving, only the women help clear dirty dishes from the table. I often ask that no one help us but people, which I mean women, always do. Now, I make sure my husband pitches in and our children, too. But a couple of them are still quite young. But it annoys me that my father, Rachel writes, brother and other husbands uh, still view cooking and cleaning up as women's work. So that's Rachel. Uh, I don't know what happens at your guy's house, but at, at my house, you know, and I mentioned it a little earlier. So I brought tables and chairs out today. Super easy, right? My wife is going to set all the tables. You know, she likes to put, you know, uh, everybody's name at it. We've got 23 people coming over. She's got the, 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 what do you call the stuff you put on the table? The placement things? What is it? Placemats? I, I don't know. Tablecloths? Centerpieces? Centerpieces. That's the big one. Yeah. Centerpiece. And, uh, and so she's going to cook the turkey and the stuffing and the potatoes and all that. And then we're going to have a lot of people bring the, a, a dish. Someone's probably bringing another turkey. But here's like the thing. After she's done cooking that meal, and I've been married to her almost 10 years. After she's done cooking that meal, her job is like it's over. That's it. I don't want to see her pick up a plate. I don't want to see her do anything. And that's just, maybe that's just me. I don't know. Um, no, that's how it should be. I, there's there's no way I would ever allow or watch her to pick up a plate. So here's my job. My job is to clean up. Because I didn't do anything in the morning. I did nothing. I slept in. She's getting up. She's working on the turkey. She's doing all this stuff. She's cutting the potato. She's she's a machine. But but after you eat, I don't want to see her lift a finger. And I never and I always make sure that 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 happens. Aren't most men doing this? Or are most men not Apparently doing this? Not. Right. But you know, I think um, for a lot of people these days, there kind of tends to be this thing about whoever cooks doesn't clean. The, you know, that's kind of the thing, even on an everyday basis. Yeah. I, I know a lot of couples that have that kind of rule in their house. If you cook the meal, the other person cleans up. And yeah. I think that's just fair. My honestly. mom and dad did that when I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah. See, my parents didn't do that. Oh, my dad. My dad cooked and cleaned. He helped with both. They both just pitched in. Mom cooked more. Yeah. But yeah, dad cleaned a lot. Dad, in my family, he cooked some of the time, but mom usually cooked. And mom was always, you know, we were always somewhat helping doing the dishes, but, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, as I got older, I'm now realizing, uh, like, looking yeah. back, that they made us do all the work <laughs> right, at right, the end. Right. They're like, all right, you guys got this, right? But see, here's the other thing. Here's the other reason I clean. All right, so you say, oh, Gatos, you're such a good husband, right? Oh, you help. I mean, now I'm going to be, uh, here's the selfish reason. Huh? I don't want everybody in the house forever. I think when you start cleaning, when you start showing people you're cleaning, that's the sign to you. It's time to go home. It's time for me to watch football. It, this is, you can't stay all day. Am I wrong? It's so kind of a sign. Yeah. Not eat and get out, but eat, enjoy. But you're going to watch me kind of do some dishes and stuff, and I'm going to start cleaning. And then when you see me take the stuff off the table, and you know what? It's time. Stop being a freeloader. It's time to go home. Don't stay all night. That's all I have to say. Don't, I love the family, but don't stay all day. Is that wrong? Fair no, point. I no, get it's that. not. Fair point. So yeah. that's really why I clean. I think, not- too, when you start cleaning, you remove yourself from conversation. Yeah. So you're kind of just instinctually, you're, you're, ta- you're taking yourself out of the equation. So now if people are like, oh, Larry's over there and he's, yeah. he's cleaning the dish, maybe, maybe we, there's nothing left. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing left to do. And by the way, our family chips in. They like to help like do the dishes. 
Uh, at the end, you know, we got to tear down the chairs and all that. They help with that stuff. I don't know. It's it's kind of a nice fit in in our family. But in this article, this this woman, Rachel, is trying to figure out how uh, to get the men to pitch in. So I wonder if it's also generational. So she's talking about, well, her brother, but uh, uh, her dad, you know, hey, some men. It's what you're brought up with. Right. Some men. What what did it? What? What? Go get me a piece of pie. Are you serious? That doesn't work in my house. Hey, honey, can you give me a piece of pie? Get yourself a damn piece of pie. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's I don't know. There's also a fine line that you have to walk as the dude that you want to be helpful, especially in the cooking process. You want to be helpful, but not in the way. Oh, yeah. Let because me, let there's me, a huge difference between those true. two things. That's let, true. Let me, uh, wise man, you are not married yet. No. When you get married, let me give you a little advice. I'll take it. Okay. So, Becky Lynn, you tell me what you think. Okay. So, my wife has a thing. She says, all hands on deck. That means at a certain time, I better be in that kitchen. She needs stuff. Yeah. She needs ice put over here. She needs the sodas put out. Are we having some, some of the liquor? Where are we doing that? Here's what I do. And I've learned this because I didn't know this the first couple of years. I probably wasn't very good at I shut my mouth. I am a worker bee. I do exactly what she says. I don't, I don't, it, I, to the T, I, I will do this, but do it this way. Okay, I got it. And then I absolutely do it because she's got a system and you can't, you can't be uh, uh, abrupting the system because then everything gets screwed up. So, wise man, when you get married one day and let's say that your wife is cooking the, the meal because you can't cook for crap. That's a fact, actually. <laughs> uh, it's do true. Exactly what she says. And yes, ma'am, is also pretty good. Here's another idea. No. Buy her a massage for after Thanksgiving. Hey. I got to tell you, after cooking a meal like that, you are in pain. Oh, I love it, Becky. Feet and back. Yeah. This I'm is getting expensive. Kidding. Are you writing this down, I'm writing it. I'm taking notes. Coming up next is Senator Cinema: the key to fixing the border. Next.